Down Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and we are here being brought to you from the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor. <laughs> we're, we're brought to you by the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor. No, brought to you from from the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor. That's so weird. That's by, such a weird thing to say. Listen, I screwed up mid-word. It's late. I'm tired. I have a headache. I've been drinking Long Island iced tea. Is that why you have a headache? No, I already had the headache. That's the pollen and the weather and and uh, stress. I'm looking to lessen my stress. In. Uh, but we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, as uh, we are part of the Dorkening Network. And joining me, as always, is my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the... Uh, uh, Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, the lady who lives at my house, Asher Swan Nightmare. And right now, I'm the... What's something that begins with an F? Fancy Man of Cornwood. The... I was going to say, um, right now, I'm the female of Franzia, but that sounds really weird. What kind of wine is it, though? It's Franzia. It's Franzia is not, that's the, the vineyard. That's the type of wine. No. It's not the type. It's, it's the, the vineyard. It's not the varietal of wine. But I'm drinking wine from a box. It's wine from uh, a box. Um, yes. The, the, I don't know. Something that begins with an F. Uh. The, the. Fraulein. The Fraulein of Franzia. <laughs> that's, uh, so it's not a <laughs> title. It's just like a... <laughs> Okay, that, I'm the the Fraulein of Franzia. Well, let's uh, let's get going into our uh, <laughs> our, uh, our our discussion today before the Germans get here. Oh. And spe- see, that's nice segue. See oh, how I, I see worked what that you out. Did there. Uh, today we are going to be discussing. Brad Pitt's, uh, I don't want to call it iconic, but it's definitely a cult role in 2000's Snatch, directed by Guy Ritchie before he got all Madonna-y and his career wasn't quite as awesome. But he bounced back nicely. He yeah, he's, he's got, had a, a couple of really good films since. Um, haven't seen The Gentleman yet, but that's yeah, not quite in, in doodly. Yes. What is that? That's that's what the gentleman is. That's how he talks. He's like a British Ned Flanders. He's like googly, googly. Yes, yes. Pounds and quids and fish and chips. Yes, quite indeedly, indeedly do, doodly doodly. So, anyways, uh, (laughs) yeah, we are discussing his character of Mickey, the gypsy slash Pikey, which I I don't know if that's like. A slur, but it kind of seems like it's a slur. No, if it's a real thing. Uh, it's a. Or if it's, like it's something that was made up specifically. I think it's definitely a British mm. slang term. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I don't live in Britannia or the United Kingdom, but uh, I'm I'm just gonna refer to him as Mickey. Okay, so. Pikey is a slang term which is a which is pejorative and considered by many to be a slur. It is mainly used in the UK and Ireland to refer to people who are of the Irish traveler community, an ethnic group originating in Ireland and also found in Great Britain. 
I don't know what's so great about it. Fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary fucking Poppins, England. So what we decided we'd do for our getting into character question, because this, this is a great uh, a great character that Brad Pitt plays. We're going to discuss some of his, uh, some of our favorite roles of his mm-hmm. that he has done. So I'm going to start off, because this is a movie that you have not seen, but uh, I really enjoyed him in it. Uh, True Romance, uh, he plays the stoner that lives on Christian Slater's couch, and he's just out of it the whole time, like to the point where James Gandolfini comes looking to, to rough him up and beat up the, the uh, Clarence in Alabama. And, like, you know, Brad Pitt's offered him cereal, asking him if he wants to watch cartoons and shit. Because he's just like stoned out of his mind the whole time. I thought that was a great character. Um, I also liked uh, his detective Mills in mm-hmm. Seven. Yeah, in Because that's how they spell it with a seven in the middle instead of a V. So it's a seven in in. Seven in? Yeah. I thought he was really good in that. Uh, he was. He was definitely fun, uh, and they had to work in a uh, an injury that he had because he uh, when he punched through a window or he like he broke a window at, in one of the scenes, he shredded his arm like there was blood everywhere. Like he had to be rushed to the hospital. Like he was in bad shape, so they had to you know wrap the uh, wrap the arm up, and they ended up uh, you know just kind of writing that into the character. David Fincher kind of wrote it in. Uh, that he had a, a an arm injury because he had to run around with this giant cast, and it's not like you could do uh, in the Jackie Chan movie uh, Who Am I? He actually broke his foot doing a stunt, and so he had a cast on. So what they did is they airbrushed like a spandex sleeve to look like his shoe, and they put the spandex sleeve over his foot. So, like, he, he had it over his cast, so it looked, just looked like he was wearing his normal shoes, and he just ran around like a maniac because he's Jackie Chan, and he's awesome. Um, so that's a couple of mine. How about how about you, Ashes? What are a couple of your favorites? Because you might hear these come up again later on. So definitely today. his role in Seven, I feel like that was the first film that I saw of his where he was kind of on my radar. I don't like Brad Pitt. I don't like pretty ba- Brad Pitt. I don't like chick flick, look at my face, look at how pretty I am, Brad Pitt. I like weird, gritty, funny, awkward, interesting Brad Pitt. Oh, that just made me think of another one, but go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely enjoyed him in Seven. Uh, Tyler Durden. From Fight Club. I mean, that's that's a given. That's I mean, one of his but best like, roles. I was obsessed with this film when it came out. I loved it so much. I had a thing for Ed Norton. So um, I used to watch a lot of Fight Club. And remember the film Death to Smoochie? I love Death to Smoochie. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I watched it for Helena Bonham Carter. She was amazing in that film. I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. Like some of the shit that came out of her mouth. Did you see writing. the al- the alternative um, line for that? No. The alternate line was, "I want to have your abortion." Oh hey, that would have worked. <laughs> I mean, they um, were both like savage lines. But uh, she would be a great character 
just Helena Bonham Carter in general. Well, I mean, yeah. Let's get her on the show. Right? Who do we have to call? Somebody text me Helena's number. <laughs> Look for her in Tim Burton's basement, trapped there with Johnny Depp. Uh, well, they broke up, so they're no longer together. Right, but he only puts them, like, they're, like, the only people he puts in his movies. Like, he was stunned to find out there were other actors in the world. Uh, so... Yeah, Brad Pitt was on my my radar, a little blip, and then he kind of went away because he did movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith and all this other stuff that I could care less about. Uh, then he did Inglorious Bastards, Lieutenant Aldo Rain. I love this film. I think it's fantastic. I mean, obviously, we, we've talked about one of the characters already that... I do such Daddy's a bingo. <laughs> bingo. I do such a flawless impression of Christoph Waltz in that film. But anyways, yeah, I, I thought he was perfection in Inglorious Bastards, skinning Nazis, scalping Nazis. Scalping Nazis. There's a huge Doing difference between skinning and scalping someone. Me? I mean, surface area. Yeah, but like, you know, Ramsey Bolton skinned people. And generally, Aldo waited till they were dead, with the exception of one of them. He was also really great as Metro Man in Megamind. Oh yeah, yeah he yeah essentially Superman, the superhero of Metrocity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what about you? Do you have any more? I do, and it's again uh, from a movie you haven't seen. Uh, his character from Twelve Monkeys, opposite I've not seen that. opposite Bruce Willis. Oh, man, is that such a good fucking character. Oh, he's so good in that. He's just, like, bonkers, out of his mind, off the wall. Like, oh, like Tyler Durden on steroids. Like, I think he took a lot of his Tyler Durden. I think one, whatever one came out first, he borrowed a lot from the other. Because there's a lot of, like, uh... Like, really obnoxious craziness that uh, he throws so in. 12 Monkeys actually came out in 95, and Fight Club was 99. All right, so I think he took some of that, but, like, yeah. I mean, if you've seen them both, you you kind of know what I'm talking about, and that's that's a movie we have to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's generally good. Um, if you got a chance to watch uh, or listen to the uh, Indie Creator Spotlight show, that uh, Leo and I do. We had uh, our buddy Angel from That Strange Show on as well. We interviewed Andre Gower from uh, The Monster Squad and uh, lots of other things like The A-Team and Knight Rider and Highway to Heaven and The Twilight Zone and you know lots and lots of other things and the uh, upcoming Baby Frankenstein. But uh, he was talking about as a kid, you know, he would go to auditions with like, you know, all the all the names we know. Brad Pitt, Leo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt was a little older. Leo DiCaprio was a little younger. But guys like, you know, uh, uh, um, the Corys. Uh, he actually lost the Goonies to Corey Feldman, if I remember correctly. Sean Astin. Um, you know, guys like that. Jonathan Brandis. They were, like, always at the same auditions, always going for the same roles. And, like, they all hung out. And he was you know, telling us about, like, he was going through some old pictures and he totally forgot that Brad Pitt was at one of his birthday parties. Just kind of, like, hanging out by himself, like, off in the... Because he was a couple of years older, so he didn't really, like, hang out with, like, the younger kids. He was just, you know, off doing his own thing. But he still had that, like, goofy smile and, like, the, the floppy 90s hair that, like... Everybody had. Yeah, like, when you think Jonathan Brandis, you think the little floppy yeah. hair. 
or uh, you know Seth Green, not Seth Green like he had that hair, but like Seth Green was in that that group. So yeah, those are a couple of uh, a couple of mine. Like obviously the Ocean's movies, I like him. Like he's he's funny. He's uh, he's a good actor. I mean. Loved him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I was say. as Cliff Booth. That was actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite film of last year, and I love that he got all of the accolades for it. He won awards for for that role, uh, very well deserved. But I thought he was entertaining and he was funny and engaging. And there's something about Brad. P- so, like I said, Brad Pitt when he was younger, he was too pretty. All of the girls were like, "Oh my god." Brad Pitt's so hot. Like, I didn't get it. But as he's gotten older and he's gotten more distinguished in his looks and, you know, I I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I like, I get it now. Like, I get it. Like, I think he's much more attractive now than he was in his younger days. And I don't know if it's like the confidence and wisdom that comes with age that I find so attractive, but, you know, or, or the fact that he's taking these interesting roles like i haven't seen ad astra but i want to ad astra which is latin for to space like that's that looks cool that's on hbo i think we can watch that watch that uh but i i really uh he's taking some interesting roles later you know in his later career and i i really enjoy enjoy it and i can't wait to see what he what he does next uh yeah like he's he's good i hope he continues uh, working with Tarantino. Um, yeah, that seems to be a pretty magical combination. You know, when Tarantino finds somebody that he clicks with, he chooses to work with them several times over and over. And all th- yeah, like Tarantino say he. I think he said he has one movie left, like one more movie left in mm-hmm. him. So I feel like if that's the case, I'm hoping it's not. But I mean, he's, but I think that he, if that's the case, he's gonna uh, pick and choose the people that he loves to work with. So you know, like DiCaprio is gonna be in it, probably. Kurt Brad Russell, Pitt. Sam Jackson, yep. Christoph Waltz, uh, Uma Thurman, John Travolta. You know, like, I feel like it's oh gonna be like God. a who's who. Of Michael Madsen. Tim Robbins. Tim Roth. Tim Roth, yeah. Yeah. Why do I keep getting them mixed up? <laughs> I don't know. It's so it's Roblo Ray Liotta all over again. But at least they, they have the same first name. It's Tim. Uh, Tim gonna, Robbins, uh, Tim Roth. It's it's Tim Rowe. Tim Ra. Yeah, Ruh. but they're not the same. They got the, the Tim Ra thing. I know it's not the same. One does four rooms, one does Mystic River. Like it's not the same, but like it's Rob Lowe and Ray Liotta. It's the same. It's not the same, but it's the same. What are you talking about? Oh, Tim Robbins was in... I was like, Rob Lowe was not in Mystic River. Tim Robbins was in Mystic River. Yes, that I know. But I'm like, you're like, it's Rob Tim Lowe Rob- and Ray Liotta. Yeah, well, it's the thing. Like, it's the two people that oh I'm spitting now. It's getting mixed up. It's like, it's easy. It's fine. Whatever. Mystic River, Mystic Pizza, whatever. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's, it's the, the same, same movie. movie. I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's pizza for everyone. 12 Monkeys, Planet of the Apes. It's the same. I don't know. Uh, 12 Years a Slave? Like, it's all the same. Oh, oh he was in that one, too. Brad Pitt was in 12 Years I was going to say, who? He was, a, he was a slave owner, and apparently he had, like, a really difficult time. Reconciling. Uh, with the, yeah, just, you know, grasping the, the role. That Lupita Nyong'o's in it. Yeah. And she won an Oscar. So did uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. But, yeah. So uh, that's another one. 
I haven't seen the entire thing, but what I've seen of it so far, whole. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's, it's but really great job by the actors involved. So we want to know who your favorite Brad Pitt uh, characters are, and you're gonna hear a little bit more about that later on when we do our battle. So just keep that in mind. So who's uh, your favorite Brad Pitt role? Is it Tim Roth or Tim Robbins? Let yes. us know. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, you uh, or Ray Liotta. Well, you uh, ruminate on that. We're going to take a quick break. Ooh, that's a good word. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's like a twenty-point Scrabble word. Well, probably. So while you uh, you guys uh, think about that, we'll be taking a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to play the trailer for Snatch, and then we are going to uh, get into our conversation about Mickey. <laughs> Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Whiz Kid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast? Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly review show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. This is Emma. You're listening to Showdown Sunday. Frankie Fourfingers has a diamond the size of a fist. 86 carats. Do you know something that I've done? Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? I'm a boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight, so I want to use the pie key. Fetch your axle Can't you Ah. What? You're going to have to repeat that. Fetch your axle Can't you You what? What is a gun doing in your trousers? Protection. Protection from what? The Germans. <laughs> I've got the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. Getting heartburn. Tony, do something terrible. That is the stone. Heavy. Shut up and sit down, you big ball. So what should I play? You can call me Susan if it makes you happy. I don't care if he's Muhammad, Imad, Bruce Lee. You're going down in the fourth round. Whoops.
Anything to declare? Yeah. Don't go to England. Uh, the status house frame furniture. And uh, scarf cushions with uh, matching sci-fi clothes. Do you understand the single word? What did you say? And we are back. Ashes, what are we talking about? Do you like dogs? You know, you got so <laughs> mad that I cut you off in the at the end of the last thing. <laughs> it was organic. It was yeah. The thing is, we're talking about snatch today, guys. We're talking. About I snatch. give her the opportunity, like she's like, oh my god. I'm like, we can say it as soon as we come back. And I'm like, hey, what do you, you like to get? Like, I that like turtles. <laughs> Oh, you're dressed like a zombie. Do you have anything to what say? I like turtles. Zombie. I like turtles. <laughs> That's you. Like, what are oh we my talking God. about today? What are we talking about today? Yag dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cut her off, and she's like, "We're gonna talk about snatch." I'm like, "Oh, sorry. I already, I already stopped recording, like, so I could put the brakes in." And so I give her the opportunity, and the first thing is, "Yag dogs." <laughs> Oh, God. Do you not appreciate my... Appreciate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My Mickey impression. Your Mickey impression has got a lot... I knew this was going to happen. I knew that we were going to... Uh... It's pretty spot on. You have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. No, I don't. Ever. <laughs> ever. You know, she told me like two days ago. She's like, wait till you hear my Mickey impression. <laughs> That's exactly how you sound. You make like little dolphin sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's a lie. So we're talking about Mickey. I would never make noises. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you like dogs? <laughs> <sighs> what? Dogs. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> You're not. I learned something the other night. So the you like would dots. <laughs> dots are bingo. Uh, that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> bingo the dog. So uh, bingo was his name. So um, you had never seen this movie I before had never Sunday. Seen this movie before Sunday. And this is one of those things that I had tried to get you to watch for a while, and. Uh, we streamed it, and you didn't have a chance to see the uh, awesome DVD version that we have somewhere packed away. Because the great thing about Brad Pitt's character is he couldn't quite master the accent he was supposed to do. So they just were like, just go with like some sort of guttural, visceral form <laughs> of this accent so no one can understand you. So on the DVD, one of the special features is the pikey slash come again uh, subtitles, and it only does subtitles for what Brad Pitt says. Except there's one part, and you get to it in the trailer, you know, it's right before Jason Statham says, you know, you know, did you understand a word he just said? On the DVD, it just comes up with uh, a question mark. <laughs> Excuse, because even the even the, the the script had no idea what he was saying. I do want to point out something about this uh, this trailer. So there is a guy who looks a lot like Jason Statham, who plays the brother of Boris the Blade, aka Boris the Bullet Dodger. 
And he calls Boris in one of the scenes and says, Frankie fucking four fingers has a diamond the size of a fist. In this trailer, Jason Statham gets that line and they put that line with Jason Statham saying it over the video of the guy who is not Jason Statham who had that line originally. I would be so pissed if I was that dude. I'd be like, oh, I have, like, two lines in the movie, and, like, they they dubbed me over with fucking Jason Statham. It's like, ah. It's so, so, like, got to be frustrating. But, yeah, so, Ashes, what was your initial thought when you watched this? I have no fucking clue what Brad Pitt is saying. Yeah. I mean, that's... That was my initial thought. That was really good. There's a lot going on, so it's, like, almost like three films in one. You're following three it's groups, a, It's a story about a mob, so that there's, like, a there's a mob plot, a diamond heist, and a bare-knuckle boxing contest. Yeah, Jason Statham and his partner Tommy, who you might know from... Uh, uh, um, Gangs of New York. Because he, Tommy is named after the gun, right? Not a ballet dancer. Not a not a 19th century ballet dancer. Yeah. Uh, Turkish is named after a plane. A pl- the plane that crashed where his parents met. That's Jason Statham's character. So this has, this has a great cast. It's got Benicio Del Toro. And like I was telling you, there is actually a uh, like one of the opening scenes with Benicio Del Toro. There was an homage to this in Infinity War when uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy go to get the Reality Stone from Thanos, and Thanos is smacking around Benicio del Toro's collector character. He says to him, "He's like, where is the stone?" And that's what Benicio del Toro is saying in this movie because he does a uh, they do like a, a diamond heist in Antwerp. And that's where they steal the 84 or 86, depending on who you're talking to throughout the film, carrot diamond. Because it changes. At one point, it's 84. another point, it's 86. It all depends on who you're asking. Uh, it also stars Vinnie Jones, who you might know as the Juggernaut from the X-Men movies. Uh, Dennis Farina, who played uh, Jack Crawford in Manhunter, but he's also in uh, Law & Order for quite a while. With uh, Jesse L. Spencer, he was his partner. There's, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Why can't I think of it? Um, The guy who played Morgan in uh, The Walking Dead, and I'm totally blanking on his name. But yeah, the guy who played Morgan on The Walking Dead ended up moving over to uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, Lenny James, Lenny James. yeah, there's so many, so many like quality actors in this. Uh, Guy Ritchie makes an appearance briefly. Yeah, almost gets his balls cut off. Stop me again, whilst I'm walking, I'll cut your fucking Jacobs off. And of course, Brad Pitt as Mickey. So, when you saw this. You know, we're not going to get into spoilers because there are people who haven't seen it, like you who just saw it for the first time, even though it is 20 years old. It's 20 
years old. If I had spoiled that movie for you, would, how pissed would you have been if I ruined that ending? Eh? Yeah, no, don't give me that because that eh? was crazy shit. Um, so go ahead. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on Mickey. I liked him a lot. Aside from the dog, he was my favorite character, which is why I wanted to talk about him today. Yeah, because we were like, oh, let's talk about Snatch. And you're like, no, let's talk about Mickey. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Partially due to the fact that I I think, I don't know if anybody else could have played this character with such finesse and put their own spin on it to the point where the you know writers directors were just like hey just go with it just have at it do do what you can take the script take your accent do what it pretty much free reign do whatever the fuck you want because they loved what he was doing so much it was bonkers it didn't make sense but it did make sense and like watching it i had to have you kind of translate some things but every now and then you can pick up a word like periwinkle and Caravan. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the movie enough times where I dags. knew dags. <laughs> dags. Dags. You like dags? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dags. I like caravans more. Um, what did you think? Do you remember how he was introduced, like the first time we see Mickey, what he was doing? Do you remember that? He was punching somebody out. No. That wasn't the, the first time? The first time we see Mickey, he's taking a shit in between two cars. Oh, yeah. That's a thing that happened. Classy. Yes. Um, and his, uh, you know, they explain it away. They explain away, like, the fact that he's the only one. They kind of joke about this in um, Hot Fuzz. When they have to go and they're talking to uh, the guy who played uh, Walder Frey, and his name is escaping me, but the guy who played Walder Frey was in that, and he had a very specific accent, so they had to bring one of the other cops who spoke the same way to translate what Walder Mm -hmm. Frey was saying, who then (laughs) translated, so he would translate it, and then uh, Nick Frost would then translate to to uh, Simon Pegg. So it was kind of an homage to this where, like, he had to have a lot of his his buddies, including one of the guys that, ah, and, and again, I'm losing his, uh, we've seen him a ton of times. He played uh, Mr. Hyde in the League, of Extro- the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But they changed the script around and they used that as like they would use the fact that people couldn't really understand them in their negotiations so they would always come out on top on their negotiations mm-hmm. uh, and like they kind of did that because of Brad Pitt's inability to master the accent well and fun fact he actually sought out this role he had seen uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels so good. And heard that Guy Ritchie was doing another film called Snatch, and he just wanted to be a part of it. Like, he kind of didn't care uh, what he had to do or who he had to be. He just wanted to be in it. And one of the things I really enjoy about this cast is it's a pretty diverse cast. You have actors from 
everywhere. Yeah, like you have American actors, you have uh, British actors. Uh, the guy who plays Bricktop, again, I'm forgetting everybody's name, but he was in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Like, um, Guy Ritchie worked with this, a lot of the same crew within the two films. You know, Jason Statham, um, some of the uh, like minor characters, like some of the boxers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, fun fact, Brad Pitt actually didn't bathe much while filming because his character was playing uh, because he was playing a rather scummy and scruffy character that lived in a caravan he wanted to appear that way like naturally he didn't want to he, he wanted to look like he took a toilet shower I think we need to uh, quickly explain what a caravan is because we, you and I if we looked at that we would call it something different uh, like an RV, a mobile home, a trailer like that's just the the British term for caravan, right? But they would go in a caravan, like all of them together, like you know, in a convoy type style. Uh, we would refer to it as like a, a like a mobile home or like an RV, like one of the ones that you would hook up to the back of a truck, like mm-hmm. an airstream or something like that. So when we say caravan, that's what we're referring to. Just in case you aren't familiar with the film. And you're wondering, like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, why are they referring to caravan like it's a single thing? Right. And that's because he's part of the White Gypsies, which are a group of Irish travelers. Yes. Yeah, you had mentioned the Irish traveler part, but, like, I hadn't heard uh, the uh, White Gypsies thing before. And, like, because... They are. Well, would you like to learn more? Oh, would I like to know more? <laughs> would oh. you? Would you like to know more? She doesn't get that reference, folks. She hasn't seen Starship Troopers. No, oh, that's another one that's on my list. We'll cross that off eventually. Oh. But anyways, so Mickey O'Neill is a direct descendant of a group of Irish travelers, also known as White Gypsies, who are a group of nomadic settlers with unknown origins. More thorough documentation of the Shelta and travelers dates back to the early mid 1830s, but earlier documentation and knowledge of Irish travelers were able to be traced back to the 1100s and the 15 to 1800s. The overall identity of the Irish travelers displays synonymous traits and resemblances to other in. I. In, what what is the word? I, I can't. Itinerant. 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 Oh, that's a fun word. Well, I'm going to learn that word. Other yeah. itinerant communities sharing various aspects such as self-employment, family networks, birth, marriage, and burial, burial rights. Why can I not talk today? Oh, my fucking God. Uh, taboos and folklore because they were able to... Uh, huh. Okay, yeah. So they did a bunch of stuff together and they all decided to live together and... They travel together. They're like nomadic people. They can't seem to stay in one place for long. Yeah, and sometimes I they follow jobs, like odd jobs, and a lot of them are related. Like in this instance, you know, a lot of his family was in that caravan yeah. with him. Yeah, and they would uh, they would go from place to place, but because they were, you know, some of the stuff that they had to do to survive, because people are prejudiced against them. Hence the, you know, we hear the repeated, "I fucking hate pikies," or. Oh, I got that from the Jippos. Like you, you hear these repeated 
like slurs hurled at them. The only ones who really don't say it there was themselves. a show on TLC. I don't know if it still is. This was a while ago called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, and some of the gypsies were here in North America, but some of them were, you know, overseas in in Ireland and in in England, and you saw some of that the way that the uh you know they have their own culture their own customs their own ideals like their weddings are kind of mirror a little bit of what a quinceanera is their events crazy 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 parties that last days like not just you know you have like the ceremony day but there's they're they're absolutely crazy and the townspeople, you know, and what's so stupid is that, <clears throat> excuse me, these weddings, these events, these just behemoth things that these gypsies put on, you know, a lot of times they're saving up their entire lives for this one thing. Like, you know, as soon as I had a daughter, I knew, you know, I wanted to provide her with the most grandest gypsy wedding ever. So, you know, I've been saving up for 25 years or however they, they get married young too. So maybe not 25, maybe more like 19, but anyways, they provide a lot of business to whatever area they're in. So you would think that the surrounding areas would enjoy having the gypsies inhabit them because, you know, they do put on these super lavish and expensive parties. Uh, but you could see that, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the places that they would land where they would, you know, be temporarily staying. Some of the, the locals didn't, didn't, take too kindly to them being there yeah it's just it's a, a a prejudice that is just like kind of ingrained into society that's you know hundreds of it's years like old. you know how we hate mosquitoes or like oh mosquitoes oh gypsies well mosquitoes we hate because they they're not people right but like i'm just trying to <sighs> Like they 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 have these negative connotations associated with them. It's like, oh, they're up to no good. They're thieves. They're, you know, tricksy, wicked, tricksy, and false. You know, like because they're nomadic, they don't have like specific roots. Like they think that they don't have, you know, a, a set of morals and. It's just different customs and traditions that right. people think are weird and strange. It's like when you don't understand something, so you look down on it versus taking the time to, you know, read up on it, educate yourself on it, and realize that we're really not so different. Right. You know, it's like, oh, this is just a pack of weird rituals and chants designed to separate fools from their money. Now let's pass the collection plate and say the Lord's Prayer 40 times. Right. So, so yeah, so this is, you know group were they were looked down on by the people around them right and so they kind of adapted and you know this group especially sort of leaned into the stereotype and you know they knew that no one was looking out for them so they kind of looked out for themselves which sort of drives the plot of this film mm -hmm. and uh, so mickey uh he is there. Uh, Tommy is there with Gorgeous George, the unlicensed boxer, uh, who is represented by both Tommy and Turkish, which is Jason Statham's character. And uh, they go to get a caravan, and uh, they're buying it because uh, Jason Statham needs a new one. He needs a proper office 
in which to conduct business. And he brings Gorgeous George because he's a big, burly, you know, semi-professional boxer. So if there's any trouble, Gorgeous George will take care of it. And as they're driving away, the wheels fall off the caravan. So, like, there's a big argument like, oh, you, you know, you fucked us over. You purposely sold us a, a broken thing. And, you know, just give us back our money and we'll give you back the caravan. And he's like, no, that's yours. You own it. You know what? He specifically says, uh, Mickey, uh, why the fuck would I want a caravan that's got no fucking wheels? Hmm. And so... It turns out Mickey is a bare-knuckle boxing champion, and we learn how tough he is in this scene with Gorgeous George where they're going back and forth, and uh, he des- they decide to settle it with a fight. And Gorgeous is punching him and kicking him and throwing him around, and Mickey's just kind of shrugging it off. One punch knocks him out like he's out with his eyes open. He's just laying on the ground, staring at the ceiling, and it's getting to the point where if Gorgeous George does not wake up, Tommy's going to get killed alongside of him. They'll bury him. No one will ever find him, and they'll just take off, and no one will ever find find the bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll just pack up the whole campsite and go. But luckily, Gorgeous George wakes up, Tommy doesn't get killed, and they end up using... Mickey in the uh, unlicensed boxing world. But every fight he goes into, he's supposed to take a dive. But he never does. And he ends up knocking out the other guy. So that starts causing more problems for Tommy and Turkish. (coughs) And finally they're like, well, we we need you to fight. And Mickey says, okay, but you have to buy my mom a new caravan. Periwinkle one. Periwinkle. She's terrible partial to the periwinkle blue, boys. Oh, but, but my accent was horrible. That's a lot. Mine's a lot better. Terrible partial to the t- periwinkle blue. That's... Wow. So, they're able to... They're, they're trying to convince him to fight, and he's like, "All right, well, this is what you got to do." And you know, Bricktop had just, you know, because of the embarrassment he suffered and the money that he lost, he showed up at Turkish's place and took all of his money. And he's like, "Oh, I got to make a, you know, I we can't force this guy to fight. Like, this is what he wants. He wants a new caravan for his mother." And we can't buy it for him because you just cleaned out our fucking safe. And so finally, Bricktop's like, all right, well, you know, I'll just take things into my own hand. And so he smashes up the arcade that Turkish runs and then uh, kills Mickey's mother by setting her caravan on fire with her asleep in it. Which is really sad. And Mickey was really sad. And... That's why we're playing, uh, after this, the uh, Massive Attack song, Angel, because that's the song that plays during that scene, and you can see the... Like, this is probably the best scene for Brad Pitt because he really gets to show off his uh, his acting skill. You know, the, the, the rage and the hatred and, like, the finally, like, the acceptance, like, okay, I know what I'm going to do moment. 
that occurs at the end of this. Um, so, Ashes, walk us through a little bit of um, some of the stuff you saw in Mickey that like, made you want to choose him over all the other characters that were in this. Because there were a lot of real, like Boris the Blade, Bullet Tooth Tony, Doug the Head. So, I think what initially drew me to his character was how goofy he was. Like, he's really freaking funny. Like, really funny. Um, both intentionally and unintentionally, obviously, with the, with the whole accent thing. But he's also really intelligent and hardened and diligent and affable and considerate. And I think it's really funny. Uh, I'll say funny for lack of a better word. Um, you know, the way that he goes from being this durable determined strong fighter being able to knock somebody out with just one punch like one perfect punch that's it uh to being this big mama's boy like hardcore mama's boy like he loves his mama more than like anybody in the world but like not like in a weird way no, I get, yeah, it's you know not what I mean? like, like it's, it's not like, like in a, like an incestuous way or in like a, you know, how sometimes it's like he's a mama's boy and it's like a, a, a weird thing, bad thing, but like, it's not like Bobby Boucher in the, in the water boy where yes. everything he does is for his mama and everything is the devil and she's like, well, I'm going to brush your hair now. Right. Like I'm sure like, you know, Mickey's mom still cut the crust off of his sandwiches for him, but like. You know, that was just to show that she cared and like, you know, he would do things for her in return, like wanting to get her a new caravan, you know, wanting to make sure that she was taken care of. Yeah. Wanting to be able to provide for, you know, for her in that way. Yeah, she she was a very nice lady and she was played by uh, I forget her first name now, but her last name is Cusack. No relation. Um, she's been in a few other things. She uh, she was really good, and uh, she didn't want, you know, like any other mother, she you know she didn't want Mickey getting into trouble. He's a good boy. He's my only boy. You know that's what that's what she told him. <coughs> Sorry. You know, uh, but I also really liked that there was a bit more to his his character than what you what you saw. So he was actually a really interesting, like, businessman. Like, he kind of had, like, a talent for haggling. And not just that, like, you know, a talent for, um, you know, wagering. Like, you know, he says at one point the uh, when they're coursing, which is when they have the, the two dogs that chase the rabbit, he says, okay, he goes, I'll bet you for it. You know, you get you pick. You know who who comes out on top, the dogs or the rabbit. And if you win, you know, he goes, "If I win, you buy the caravan." He goes, "And the boys got a pair of them shoes." And because they were uh, out in the muck in the countryside, and Tommy and Turkish were very well dressed and had plastic bags around their shoes so their shoes wouldn't get ruined. Uh, and he's like, "If I lose, oh fuck it, do the fight for free." <laughs> and when he when he uh says to him and this was in the I remember this being in like the original trailer that came out you know 20 years ago when he uh 
he shows Turkish the 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 pamphlet for the caravan that he wants for his mother. And Turkish goes, it's twice the size of the last one. And Brad Pitt says, the fight is twice the size. But he says, the fight is twice the size. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, I don't get it. Which is why I was so grateful for the subtitles. But, like, he also, like, he likes to drink. And, I mean, yo, I like to drink, too. So I was like, hey, we have something in common. And he likes dags. Dags. They like dags? Yeah, he likes dags. I mean, I prefer cats, but I also like dags. I like dags. They like dags. They, and that was part of their bargaining process. They would... Uh, he has some really cute puppies. They would give dogs, and that, you know, end up driving the plot. Uh, they give dogs yeah. to people <laughs> who... Uh, who, um, when they make deals with them, they give them dogs, which is kind of weird. It's just... And he's a man of his word, too. So even after the whole ordeal with, you know, losing his mother in that really tragic way, he still went on and did what he, you know, he kept his end of the bargain. He fought in the fight that he told them he would fight in. Like, he could have backed out. Yeah, but he says, you know, I'll do the fight before he causes any more carnage. I'll do the fight before he causes any more carnage. Yeah, that's after, um, you know, and and because Turkish narrates through a lot of the movie, he's like, you know, how shitty do I feel asking the guy to fight for us while he's sitting there? You know, his mother's body is still smoldering in front of us. Like it's. Yeah, that's that's rough, but that final fight is awesome. The music that goes with it, the score is just fucking perfect. And uh, you know, again, we don't want to spoil the ending, but this is a great like their story on its own would make a phenomenal film. Yeah, the fact that you have other stories intertwined with the stories just makes the film that much better and it's everything comes full circle in the end. Like, everything has a purpose. Every story links into the other story somehow. Like, it's kind of like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, everything is somehow linked somehow. Yeah, like, the common theme is the dog and the diamond. Oh, the puppy. Okay, the puppy is my favorite character. Yeah. I really like the puppy. Daisy. Is that the puppy? Well, that's what Tommy calls him. The puppy with the squeaky toy. <laughs> and that's where the name comes from, is, like, he, uh... Solomon. Yeah, Solomon was Lenny James' character. Mm-hmm. Has this little squeaky pig toy, and the dog, the dog grabs it away from him, and uh, Vincent is like, hey, don't snatch. And Vincent is the uh, tech guy, the weapons master from uh, Underworld. And I can't think of his name right now. But um, yeah, that's happened a lot. I should have written this down. Um, but yeah, I didn't know we were going to be talking about everybody. I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't. But but it was also really cool to see Jason Statham in a role where he wasn't like, I'm Jason Statham. I'm a badass. Look at me beat people up. I was in the Meg. I beat up a shark. What well, now? He, he wasn't in a bit in the mag for another eighteen years. But I remember seeing this and thinking to myself, 
and saying to my friends that at the time when we watched it, I was like, man, in the right role, Jason Statham could be such a bad. He also had hair, which is kind of like, you know, the whole Bruce Willis thing, like seeing Bruce Willis with hair. You're just like, I don't know if that's right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's that that's I don't know if that works for me. That's that's. That's not that's not a thing that's working for me right now. But yeah, I thought it was a really cool role for him. I thought Turkish was a really cool character. Uh it was just interesting to see him, you know, being in these being involved in some of these action scenes and being the one cowering away or looking for well, somebody like he, to to he, defend he him. He came in in the scene where they're smashing up the arcade, he bats a couple of guys with a, an aluminum bat, but then he gets his ass kicked, and he's about to get killed until Tommy shows up. Um, like, it was it was a really cool scene. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's weird seeing him not kicking the shit out of half a dozen guys, you know, like he does in like the transporter. But I really like the fact that he was able to to do this and like pull off a different sort of role, and. Um, he was he was uh, he was great in this. Like everybody was. Like there was there's no weak link in this film. Like there's no weak link, and I love it. And again, this could have been three separate films. Like it's almost like a the British Tarantino. Mm, yeah. So I think unless you have anything else you want to add, I think we can wrap up this uh, segment on Mickey because it's going to be hard to talk a little bit more without getting into spoilers and some no, of the other crazy true. plot points. No, this is true, and this is the only film that this character is in. So he doesn't go through like a crazy character evolution, uh, but he does have a few pivotal character points that we touched base on. So I think, I don't know, I really like the character. I would like to revisit the film at some point to see if I can pick up on, because a lot happens. There's a lot of substance there. And a lot of it is quick, too. And it's also that uh, quick Brit wit. So sometimes things are said and you don't necessarily get it right away. I would yeah. also like to watch it with the uh, Pikey subtitles. Pikey come again subtitles. So I know. I'll have to dig out the. I'll the find the DVD somewhere. Saying. I'll dig it out and we'll we'll rewatch it at some point. I mean, like sometimes you could tell what he was saying through like his body language and stuff, and by the way people um, reacted to what he was saying. But like, very often did I actually pick up a word, and I was just like, okay, that's what he's saying. But for somehow I was like, oh, he said the word periwinkle. <laughs> like how Patty Winkle, blue <laughs> boss. But yeah, so uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns on uh, Mickey and and this movie in general, let us know. Throw down Thursday podcast at gmail dot com. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to give you a preview of what is happening tomorrow because it is fucking amazing. And uh, and we have a new battle to throw down. Yeah, yeah, we have a new battle. We have uh, some announcements for what's coming up in the uh, coming days, and so yeah, there's much some crazy stuff and craziness and funness. So we and will. If it was full of peas, it would be penis. Yes, full of country goodness and green penis. So we'll be right back on on that note. <laughs> Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. 
from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey everybody, we are the Derailers, Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean, and you can join us once every week for a brand new derailment. It includes sidetracking, randomness, we just can't stay on topic. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Derailers. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Derailers! of attack with angel or at least the beginning of it uh if you are a fan of house uh, massive attack also does their opening uh that opening theme as well uh but if you've seen snatch you know what the emotional impact of uh of that song uh what what it means to the uh the overall plot but ashes we have a new battle we do have a new battle. And when we have a new battle, what does that mean? We have to play the battle theme. All right. That was the battle theme, obviously, from our good friends over at Enchanted Exile. And uh, Asha, so what do you got? What do you got for us this week? So our battle this week is called Pit Id against. <laughs> oh, because they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brad Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's a battle of Brad Pitt characters. Now, this was actually easy to choose because he has some pretty feisty, hardcore, balls-to-the-wall characters. We did exclude anybody that was, like, super-powered, like Troy. Yeah, and anything. We, we know, tried to keep it a relatively uh, even playing Mr. Matrocity. Field. Mr. No, Metro Man. Mr. Matrocity. Uh, so you can choose from... Mickey O'Neill, One Punch Mickey from Snatch. Hey, I've got hair, Dags. They're like thugs. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Tyler Durden from Fight Club, and he's pretty scrappy. First rule of Fight Club, you don't have a Fight Club, Dags. <laughs> what, what, what was that? What was that? Seriously. Uh, the subtitle uh, said the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club, <laughs> dogs. Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and being a stuntman, he was he was pretty jacked. Like hey, he was being a Bruce Lee, <laughs> 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 he was 
pretty <laughs> good shape for that film. Uh, versus Lieutenant Aldo Rain from Inglorious Bastards. Ah, good. Dags. The sandbox is the Ring Central Coliseum. For those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, that is the home of the Oakland Athletics. We figured we'd kind of tie it in uh, to another Brad Pitt role, Moneyball, and uh, you know, kind of like Troy, you know, where they have to fight in a big arena. So, kind of. And the stipulations are to knock out. Yeah, Tanaka. So the first person to knock out the rest of their opponent. The last man standing. You don't have to knock out the rest of your opponent. It's whoever the last man standing is. Uh, if I twice it ties. <laughs> Winner gets a caravan. Winner something <laughs> about fries? Fries are twice as highs. <laughs> I like fries. So uh before we wrap up and uh, go home, I wanna let you know that uh we had a slight scheduling change. We are still doing Hamilton next week, but it's with uh, different guests. Well, because Hamilton was supposed to happen this week. Yes. But unfortunately, our our the guest that was supposed to be on, there were some technical difficulties. Stuff happens. Life happens. We get it. But we are doing Hamilton next week with two really awesome guests, and they are super excited. I'm super excited. Patsy's super excited. You should be super excited, too. Dags. Need to take a shite. So, uh, speaking of excited and uh, big events, so by the time you're listening to this, it's Thursday, and I hope you uh, didn't miss this event, because Friday, from 7 to 10 Eastern Time, we will be live... PM. Yeah. You said 7 to 10 Eastern Time. Well, I just assume people realize that... But not necessarily. Everyone has a different schedule. Uh, yeah, but we've never gone live super early like that. But, I mean, there's a first time for everything. But it won't be, it is not this day. <laughs> that was really loud. So we are going to be on the Dorkening Network, and we are going to be live on the Dorkening YouTube channel and Facebook so please come join us as we talk to the cast and crew of the upcoming film, Axe to Grind. And the reason we are talking to them is that their Indiegogo campaign launches at noon tomorrow, which is Friday the 24th. And there are some amazing perks that are going to be in this offering, uh, this Indiegogo campaign. And we are going to be talking to some of the guests from the uh, some of the guests. Some of our guests will be folks from this film, uh, including the director Spencer Gray, who I just had a great interview with on Tuesday on uh, Shark Bite. So check that out; it's about forty minutes long. We are going to be talking to the star Debbie Rashan. We are going to be talking to Julianne Prescott, Susie Lorraine, Aaron Marie Garrett, Matt Goldbranson. Catherine King, uh, Katie Mackey, uh, Rhiannon Nicole, Jessica Snyder, who just got added. This is her first film. Um, Several others, including uh, Stormy Daniels, will also be joining us. She was uh, added to the cast and uh, is part of the promotional artwork. You might have seen us sharing it. Um, 
all these folks and more, including one that I can't even announce. Because they haven't announced because this they haven't announced as part it, of the cast yet. But she's already confirmed she's going to be on the show. And you guys are going to, like, uh, Stormy Daniels is an incredible get. This also, get th- this guest is also another incredible get. Like, I'm so excited. This this person is very well known among the horror community. Um, actually, all of these folks. Uh, Debbie Rashawn's actually been on with the Dorkening in the past. So this will be a return for her. But we have folks, because we're going to be going from 7 to 10, we have folks that are going to be... Uh, dropping in and out you know throughout the evening so get your popcorn ready because this is going to be an awesome interview uh it's going to be a lot of fun there's going to be a lot of really cool questions um it's something that we haven't done before and if you have any questions or comments or you know concerns or what have you definitely join the chat and ask yeah, we'll be monitoring the chat as people uh, ask different questions. And, you know, if you have a good question, we'll make sure that we uh, ask it of the guest. Uh, we're going to also be talking not just about this film and the Kickstarter, uh, I'm sorry, the Indiegogo, but we'll also be talking about some of the uh, personal projects that some of these folks do. Like some of these folks have books coming out, you know. Some of these folks, you know, do uh, various advocate work. So we're going to be talking about that. So you get to see who these people are before you get to see them play uh, slash happy uh, murder fest characters. Uh, Because this has been described, uh, Spencer described this as a dark comedy slasher. I love it already. And he liked my term for it because there's a lot of badass women in this. The expendables of uh, women of independent horror. That's awesome. So... Uh, that's gonna. That might be the the title, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, that's tomorrow from seven to ten, Eastern time, at PM. night, <laughs> seven to ten p.m. And we're gonna be talking to so many horror icons, so many people who have been a part of the independent horror community. Um, and this is just gonna be. And fun fact: this is Spencer's first feature-length movie, his first short film. And I love the title of this, Snake with a Human Tail. Like, that's so cool. Like, this is a guy, uh, Spencer, who's the director, started off doing makeup work for the X-Files. He was in... Really? He acted in Walker, Texas Ranger. Like, this dude has done a lot. He's been uh, in the business for over 20 years. This is his first feature film. And uh, we're super excited to talk to him. So from 7 to 10, we're going to have different guests on all night. So if you don't watch the whole show you might miss out asking uh one of the uh these fine folks a question so yeah there's a lot of people there's uh, uh, about a so dozen popcorn, different guests order your pizza get your box of wine get your favorite beverage make yourself cozy grab a cat or two yeah five. depending depending on what you've got but yeah that's uh that's what we're doing tomorrow and uh, we hope to see you all there yes and uh, if you have good questions, let let us know, and we'll uh, we'll ask them of our guests. Yes. And I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close, and we will see, see you, you next Thursday. Thursday and on Friday. And Friday. Tune into the Torkening. 